media at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. Right, so much happening around the world in terms of uh, football. Sarah Britton just tweeted her selfie uh, at home, not in the studio, but I suppose a studio at home with a Brazil top. So now we know who she supports. She's a strategic partner at uh, SOAP, uh, an agency to give us insights in, into marketing issues. But very important now, we're going to talk about the World Cup, the, the World Cup of adverts. Sarah, good chatting to you once again. Hi. Sarah, hi. Okay, let's just... Hi, Sarah. Hi. Yes, good chatting can to you. Can you hear me? I certainly can hear you now, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Okay, thank you so much for your time. Now, it's a very open-ended discussion we're having for the next 10 or 15 minutes about some of the great World Cup adverts and, and, and the not-so-great ones. We're talking 2014 only, right? Let, let's start with, with the McDonald's one, because you've touched on that already. Give, give me your, your thoughts on that one, and maybe just describe it very quickly for those who haven't seen it. It's a lovely, simple ad. It just shows uh, a couple of people uh, showing off their football moves. There's a little boy who can kick a football through a three-story window. There's a little Irish kid who can do all sorts of amazing tricks. Uh, There's even a young woman in high heels who's able to freestyle very impressively and an old guy. There's virtually no product reference in this ad at all. We we know it's uh, from McDonald's, and there's a call for action to go to their special website for the World Cup at the end. But you don't see any pack shots. You don't see images of people eating McDonald's. And what I like about it is that, unlike a lot of the other ads around the World Cup, it features the fans rather than the players themselves. And also it features a a lot of the World Cup ads only show the football gods who are physically perfect, who are fighting for humanity, um, you know, people who are incredibly rich and successful and famous. And this ad focuses on a range of people. There's an old guy um, who who does amazing freestyling. You know, it's young. I saw that. It was very impressive. And, yeah. and women tend to be absent from a lot of the World Cup ads. Uh, definitely an observation. Okay, so so two things there. The one that it's it's the man in the street, the woman in the street. We can all relate to it because we all love that game at that level, right? Number two. Yes. The the fact that it doesn't show McDonald's branding at all. I must say, I watched the ad a couple of weeks ago when I watched the game this week. I had forgotten whose ad it was. Now, how much of an issue is that? It, it's an issue. If uh, It depends what the role of the ad is for. And, and McDonald's, of course, uh, has a lot of other marketing going out at the same time. And I would imagine they made a call not to brand it very strongly because... Possibly there are issues around um, associating their brand with sports events. Also, you can you can undermine your brand if you try to do too much hard sell. What we're seeing with the World Cup now is that it's about content marketing. That's certainly a very big buzz term in our industry right now, where where brands are not so much creating ads, and, and they're still creating ads for very specific content. But when it comes to this, when it comes to drawing people to YouTube and to choosing to watch the content you put out, you've got to be really good at telling stories. You've got to keep people's attention. And that's the amazing thing about a lot of this World Cup material is it's Mm -hmm. incredibly long. Uh, Forty-five minutes is a long time when you're watching on YouTube. (laughs) And yet yet some of the the, the most successful ads with with views in, in close to 100 million are ads that are much longer than you would normally expect. So we're seeing brands becoming producers of content, producing mini-movies with epic storylines, rather than asking people to... 
because, of course, they've got a huge amount of other marketing support at the same but time. The, but does that, does that, so does that formula then work, Sarah, where, where they, they're producing these sort of mini, mini movies, right? Uh, do, does that work for the brands? I think uh, certainly in the case of, of Nike, for example. Now, Nike is not an official sponsor of the World Cup. And you could argue in, in the wider sense what they're doing is a form of ambush marketing because uh, Adidas is the official sponsor, and they've got a couple of ads in the top ten most watched ones. But the Nike ads are far more popular, far more successful in terms of getting people to watch and pay attention. So you can use content marketing very cleverly to raise awareness of your brand in a particular context without ever mentioning the fact that it's the Football World Cup. We all know it is. Mm -hmm. So creating engaging content that people choose to watch, I think as long as you're good at leveraging it, the call to action at the end of all these ads tends to take you to a website. Um, um, Adidas has all in or nothing, and you you can make the choice. So this is part of a journey. It's a creative hook to get people interested in your brand and to like your brand but it's not being asked to make a sale. And, and I think it's about recognizing the role of content marketing. Okay, so, so let's, let's, con- let's confirm then. McDonald's, you, you say what? All things considered a hit? The McDonald's advert? I think it's a hit. I, I really like the fact that they have focused on the human aspect mm. of the game. And they've been, like Coke, which is another hit for me, um, they've got a very big campaign out. But both of these brands have chosen to focus on ordinary fans and from people who are not successful or famous or rich, which I really like. I, I think it's great to see advertisers. Yeah. And, and I think the that. point you made about the women is, is, is telling, keeping in mind that especially at, the, especially at the World Cup, that the women audience in terms of at stadiums and certainly television audience probably shoots up to close to 50-50 anyway. So there's a sizable audience, even if they just come in and dip in during the World Cup and get out. That means they're there for that World Cup, right? Okay, the Coca-Cola, but just talk to me about that one. Um, Coke has a whole range of ads out, and they decided, and they chose their, their, their campaign back in 2012. That's when they started planning this. It's been a long time in, in the preparation. And they went around and found people in, uh, for example, somebody who survived the tsunami in Japan. They went to Ramallah in Palestine. And they also featured our, our uh, team of soccer-playing grannies, which I absolutely love. The, um, they've created an ad, which is it's more like a short film, where they tell the story of how this team was created and talk about what football means to them. And again, like the McDonald's ad, it's focusing on the fans rather than the celebrities. And also that, that insight that this is the World Cup. I think the Coke campaign is probably the one we're most aware of in South Africa because we've seen it on billboards and, and we've seen it activated around the country. A lot of these other ads, you've got to go onto YouTube to find them. Uh, and we don't all have bandwidth. So the Coke campaign is particularly accessible. And I like the fact that it celebrates ordinary people um, in very diverse parts of the world. Whereas what? on the other side of things, of course, you've got ads for Samsung, for Nike, for Adidas, which feature the soccer players themselves. Let, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the, the Adidas ad, but uh, give, give, me your, give me your thoughts on that. Well, there, there are actually two Adidas ads in the top ten, and, and the fifth most watched one is called The Dream, and it features Messi, who, of course, is a very famous player for Argentina, having a, a sort of um, nightmare the night before the match, a bit of an anxiety dream. It's, it's, it's quite an interesting ad, and that tonally it's very different from the others. Football 
um, World Cup ads tend to be quite upbeat, quite happy, or, you know, always have a happy ending. Um, a lot of the Nike ones do that. And there's a second ad of that ad, which uses um, a lot of football players who are no longer playing, like David Beckham, playing inside his house, smashing up his furniture, having a bit of fun. So that ad is more typical of the tonality you would encounter. You seem to either get the, the very, very serious ads. Um, mm-hmm. There's one for Beat by Dr. Dre, which is very, very stirring right. and inspiring, and you know it's designed to stir you up. Or you get the fun ads that um, that people enjoy watching. And, and I wonder, I wonder which ones people. I wonder what what viewers or listeners in this case uh, like more. But let, let, while we're thinking about it, and you can call in uh, if you have any strong views on the World Cup 2014 adverts. Which ones for you are, are are the best? Which ones are the worst? Quick calls are welcome. If if not, you can SMS me 34701. People have SMS about community newspapers. I'll read them later on. And you can tweet at Ashraf Ganta. In fact, let, let me play the, the Adidas advert that uh, Sarah has just spoken about, which includes people like Beckham and Zidane and Gareth Bade and Lucas Mola. Uh, so a whole lot of world-famous footballers in that particular advert, whether they've performed or underperformed, or in cases like Beckham and Zidane, they're not even there any longer. They don't, they don't play the soccer game any longer. But uh, in Bale as well, in fact, here's the advert. Hey, mate. You want to play for real? Why not? Vámonos, chico. What happened? Sorry, man. 22 years of hard work. Guys, this is... this is not good. Okay, that's uh, very visual. Uh, I'll tell you what, Sarah, many of those adverts we're talking about now, if, if you have access to them even after the interview, uh, just tweet it to me. I'll retweet it so listeners can actually check it out anyway, right? I want to get a call from, well, from Cape Town Marshall on the line. Hi. Hi, good day. Thanks yeah. a lot for, for this opportunity to speak to you, Asharaf. It's, it's and pl- thanks for the previous callers and uh, even the guest that was in the audience. Uh, in your Thank studio, you. Well, well, it's your show. Go um, ahead. Mm. Um, I just wanted to comment in terms of the ad that um, Savannah runs on SABC. But, but is it a World Cup ad, but that, that's what I'm asking you? Yes, it's a World okay. Cup. But what they actually do is they discuss the World Cup and they're watching the game. And then they actually, the presenter actually tells you, have a Savannah. Now, clearly what, what I'm, I'm looking at when I look at these things, it's promoting wine while we're basically watching the game. So what are you telling me if I'm sitting with my youngsters and I'm watching the game while I'm actually, the guest is actually breaking for an ad break. It says, drink a Savannah. Mm. And then the Savannah ad comes up and speaks about, so everything is dark. Now clearly, let me, let me be honest, you know, this is not very good for, for a viewer. Especially, we all are watching these things, you understand? And especially okay. young people of is course. watching it. All right. And you know, the promotion of it. 
is for mere concern. All right. Got, got that. I'm, I'm going to move on just because time is against us. Thanks for that. Well, you know, the issue of alcohol advertising is another whole debate completely, which uh, we, we certainly know what the minister thinks about it, the Minister of Health. It's something we'll probably revisit some other time. But, but the interesting one, Sarah, I mean, just, just your thoughts in terms of, you know, what it does for Savannah to sort of imply that during those, those soccer breaks they need, people need to get a Savannah. Do you, do you think it would work for them? Well, I think if you're if you're an alcohol brand, you're going to want to reach the biggest market possible. So it, it's inevitable that you're going to get alcohol brands advertising during those ad breaks. And and you could argue it is a form of ambush marketing. They're not an official sponsor, but they are uh, piggybacking on the fact that people are watching the game. And 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 I think it's ultimately this is a debate about alcohol advertising rather than World Cup advertising. As long as alcohol advertising is legal, you're going to see it during ad breaks where everyone's watching. All right. And then in terms of the adverts for the World Cup that do not work at all, because I think you've made some comparisons between what we've seen now for the World Cup and then also what's been done with the, with the Super Bowl in the USA, right? I think they say that there, there are ads that don't work at all because clearly the ones that we've been looking at have been watched hundreds, uh, in fact, millions of times. So they're very successful in, in terms of that. And it's, I guess, more a case of, you know, which ads resonate with you and, and which ads don't. And clearly, the ads that are most popular are the ones that do feature the football gods. And because they're celebrities, and I would imagine a lot of fans get a thrill out of seeing the, the stars that they recognize. What, one particular um, theme that emerges very strongly in all of these ads is that you take all the best-known players in the world and you put them together and you don't necessarily say who they are. But, of course, people who watch go, oh, wow, there's Messi or there's Latin, I know him. And, and you get this thrill of recognition. So the, the enormous ensemble cast of famous football players is very much a thing. And I would love to know how much budget these advertisers have to get all these guys in one place for one shoot. And they're also appearing in ads across brands. So you've got a Samsung ad, uh, where all these players appear, You've, um, many of them appear in Nike ads um, and Adidas as well. So they're appearing for a lot of different brands. Ultimately, that may be an issue down the line in that um, the, the same celebrity football player is associated with competing brands in the same category, which is normally a no-no. But I guess Nike can do it because they sponsor individual teams and they can still get the halo effect from the fact that we're all watching this during the World Cup without breaking any rules. It's a very smart strategy on their part. Yeah. All right, fi- finally, any, any, anything else you want to bring up? I mean, any other advert that you think is just worth mentioning? It's really important here. Well, th- there was uh, one ad which I tweeted last night and which somebody responded very negatively to, which is a, a very traditional product ad. It's for Lay's and it uses mm. uh, Lionel mm. Messi and it shows him going around posing for selfies with, with fans. And at the end of the ad, he discovers that his chip packet's empty and he can't understand why. And then when he goes back through all, all the photos, um, then he realizes that people have been stealing his chips while they were posing with him. I thought it was quite a sweet way to integrate products into football, which you don't normally see. But it is, um, you know, it can be seen as contrived. It's, it's a much more traditional product ad than any of the others we see. All, all the other ads are trying to tell stories and present and, and inspiring and and it's interesting that that particular ad has not been viewed nearly as many times as the other i think it's sitting on about 400,000 so yes a lot of views 
But, uh, okay. Maybe because it's been cited so often before, and, and I mentioned to you, I think, via Twitter, it's the one advert that's got me responding. When I went to buy some chips before a World Cup match, I said, I need to get Lay's, and I thought about Messi, and I need to get these crisps. I think it's very important. It certainly worked for me, but anyway, good point that you, that you make. Sarah, let's, let's leave it at that. Thank you so much. If you can tweet some of the others, I'll, I'll retweet them even later on for, for people to check out, all right? Well. Indeed, Sarah Britton, strategic partner at SOAP, giving her insights into adverts of the World Cup 2014 adverts. And you can continue talking about that via SMS, the adverts for you that work and the adverts that don't work around the 2014 World Cup. Then outside of that, what for you are the ads of the week? Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on that too.